As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, welcome back to a new Head of the Pack, our a second one of the offseason. If I'm being honest, I would like to be in sunny Los Angeles right now, getting ready to cover a Super Bowl, but I'm in sunny Green Bay instead. And I can't complain because, as always with this team, there is news. And part of the reason they're not in the Super Bowl is also what we'll talk about today. Um, reports, first reported by Ian Rappaport, that the Packers are expected to hire uh, former Buccaneers, Chargers, Cowboys, Raiders, special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia as their new special teams coordinator. When Rich Bisaccia first became a special teams coordinator in the NFL, I was six years old, I believe, <laughs> in 2002. Yeah. Bill, what were you doing in 2002? Um, I was putting together the sports pages for the Green Bay News Chronicle. That doesn't exist. I've got I've got a long history, Matt, of working for places that no longer exist. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to ask you since you had a couple good stories uh, about it. Listen, we all know Rich Bisaccia, great for a locker room, great for the culture, the the things that um, his former players have said about him. That's a guy you want to have in your building. Um, and, and just seeing how the Raiders players reacted when they found out Bisaccia wouldn't be their permanent head coach spoke volumes to the kind of guy he is. Mo Drayton was a great guy, too, by all accounts. It doesn't mean Packers special teams are going to be any better. I mean, Bisaccia has been a special teams coordinator for 20 years for a reason. He's obviously a good coordinator, should be an upgrade in that regard. But I know you wrote about it. If you look deeper into how his units have been over over the last, you know, almost two decades, it's not great, is it? It's not. It's interesting. It's and I and I look because you, you hear you you bring people on Twitter saying they basically made, made, they've made a statue for the guy, right? I mean, there's already he's already alongside Vincent Curley. Well, they should if they finish in the top twenty in DVOA next year. Right, but in his four years in with the Raiders. 
They were never a top 10 unit. This year was their best. They were 11th, which is, you look at 11th is fantastic, right? I mean, these guys were, these guys were 32nd. <laughs> um, but let's not make the guy a saint, right? I mean, he'll be an upgrade, I, I would think, but I, I guess, I mean, you might be an upgrade too, Matt. But he, he hasn't been super great. You go back to Dallas, though. He had five years in Dallas. He had three top five units in Dallas. So that's good. But man, oh man, I wrote a story, Matt. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. I got 16 years of special teams rankings going back to year one of Mike McCarthy in 2006. I won't bore you with them all, but here are Rick Goslin's rankings: 2021 Packers 32nd, Raiders 11. 2020 Packers 29, Raiders 16. 2019 Packers 26, Raiders 25. 2018 Packers 32, Raiders 19. 2017 Packers 16th, Cowboys 5th. I could go on. Um, over the 16 years, Versace's units are like 11 places better on average. And, and the Packers beat him once. Once in 16 years. Once. Once. And, and listen, we know this is just the first part of fixing the longstanding issue that is Packers special teams. Matt LaFleur said he needed to emphasize it a lot more. The coach, the coordinator, is one part couple things Matt LaFleur brought up uh, when we talked to him the Monday after they lost to the 49ers was considering using more starters on special teams, despite what happened to A.J. Dillon against the 49ers. He brought up, you know, getting guys who, who specialize, essentially, in special teams, whose primary duty is special teams. I'm not saying they're going to get a guy like Matthew Slater there, but what LaFleur is saying is you can't just, you know, take... A, a number two inside linebacker or a number four wide receiver and stick him as a gunner. You got to have a guy who, yeah, he can play a little defense, but the main reason he's on the team is to play special teams and chase down a punt returner and make sure he doesn't get around the corner. A guy not like Isaac Yadam, basically. Uh, sorry for that ricochet shot. But listen, it, it starts with the players, I think. Yep. Obviously, we talked about, we talked about it. Uh, on our pod after the season before Mo Drayton was fired. You got to have players who can execute. And, and yeah, it's important that you have a coach, but and there needed to be a scapegoat for how badly this season went, but you got to have players that can execute on special teams. Yeah, a couple of things there, Matt. When, when LaFleur said the starters thing, I looked. I went to the game book. That's not true. The Packers and Fortnighters had almost exactly the same number of special team snaps from their starters, and I used 50% playing time in that game as a starter. That's just not true. Um, which makes me think LaFleur is really out of touch with special teams if he, if, if he thought that was the case. Um, beyond that, yeah, they, they need to get better players out there. You're right. Um, and this is what they've done for years and years and years and years and years. It's been your... Bottom of the depth chart, guys. It's been your undrafted free agents who made the team. Those have been your special teams, guys. And when you put lesser players out there, that's what you get, right? Um, I would think, though, with Passaccia, he's not going to come here without some assurances, right? That it's going to be better. Right. That that he's not the only fix. That they're not going to. That there's going to be better personnel. They're going to get some starters. You know, whatever it's going to be. He's a 61-year-old man with a hell of a good track record. He's not coming to Green Bay just because he needs a paycheck. So I would say that there's got to be some assurances from LaFleur that that he'll be dealt a better deck 
than uh than Mo Drayton and Ron Zook and Sean Slocum and so on. I think I dropped this stat on the last pod, but the Packers only had three players drafted p- before 2018 in their top 25 of percentage of special team snaps played. It was Rasul Douglas, Dean Lowry, and Mason Crosby. I think special teams is going to look a lot different this year. Um, I think Corey Bajorquez will be back. I think, you know, they'll keep him as their punter. But I would be stunned if Mason Crosby and Steven Wordle are, if either of them are back. Yeah, Mason's an interesting one. Um, We all know his track record. You know, what 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 does Passaccia think? Does he want want to go into a season with... Um, J.J. Molson, <laughs> number one on the depth chart. I mean, obviously, it'll be a kicking battle here. But does he want to go into a season with with the total unknown at kicker? I I have no idea. I would, yeah. And I'm sure Wordle will be back too, Matt. Probably, but it'll it'll be a it'll be a battle. Man, I <laughs> long snappers amazing. They had five long snappers that used to be on this team that were the starting long snappers elsewhere this year. That's insane. Five. So it's not that these guys can't find a long snapper. They just can't find one that they know is going to be good. I mean, J.J. Jansen, uh, Clark Harris from the Bengals. Um, hell, I don't know. There's, a, there's some other guys. Yeah. Um, five long snappers who used to be here. Unbelievable. These guys just have no idea what they're doing. Is Lovato still snapping? Yeah, Lovato. Pepper from um, the 49ers, right? Pepper, yeah, yep. Yeah. And... um. God, he was here for a cup of coffee. Good heavens. And I'll figure it out here in a second, but it's amazing. It's crazy. That's special teams. I know we devoted the first 15 minutes last time talking about special teams. It was only eight and a half then. Um, Zach Triner on the Buccaneers. Okay. So Tabor Pepper, Zach Triner, Clark Harris, Rick Lovato. Yeah. Pretty good, good long snappers. Just none of them were good enough to be here for some reason. That's insane. That's a great stat. Um, the biggest news of the offseason, obviously, what happens next with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how much he'll say, but this was not the case last year. After he won MVP, he just gave his 45-second pre-recorded speech on national television. Um, he'll be talking to reporters, or I should say, whoever wins MVP will be available to reporters in a press conference late Thursday night after the awards ceremony. I highly doubt many of the questions, if any, will be about Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, assuming that's what happens. So we could get some clues as to what he's thinking. He was in, he, he was photographed at a fifth grade girls basketball game in Ohio this weekend. Um, and because I am a frequent viewer of the Pat McAfee show, I can report via that show that A.J. Hawk was coaching one of the teams. He was coaching his daughter, so Aaron was watching A.J. Hawk's daughter. He was not going to meet with the Cleveland Browns, um, who could need a new quarterback and are in the AFC. So what happens next with Aaron Rodgers? I'm still sticking to my prediction that him and Devontae both get traded to Denver, but um, I think hiring Basaccia is one of the ways that Matt LaFleur, like he said he would do, plan to convince Aaron Rodgers that this team is still capable of winning a Super Bowl and will go all in to do so. Yeah, he was, uh, after, after that game, on, on after the divisional game, he, he took the blame offensively. But man, this is a great quote on special teams. 
We just would like to play even. Make some plays, kind of have a wash in the special teams. That'd be good. <laughs> that was Aaron Rodgers on the special teams after the 49ers game. He hates the Packers special teams. And like God. you said, I, I don't, it wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't deflecting blame. He knows he played terribly, but special teams was also terrible. And he had the, the quote on McAfee earlier in the season. I think it was after the Bears game when they had that laundry list of, of errors. Um, I think he said special teams was not special. And that was kind of putting it lightly. So that's step number one. I think we can go through a couple of the other things they could do to, to you know, show that they're going all in. I did a story with um, Michael Giannitti, who's the SpotTrack co-founder. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, basically, how the Packers can navigate their salary cap conundrum and still uh, get under the cap and, and keep Rodgers and Adams and Devondre Campbell and maintain a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, it might set them up for more hell down the road, but um, if you're trying to maximize the window that Aaron Rodgers had, um, a two-year extension for $92 million fully guaranteed was the option that I picked that I was presented with. And you know, that would mean you probably have to trade Jordan Love. If you do so after June 1st, it frees up $1.7 million in cap space. If you extend Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love's never going to start here. So I, I understand you want to have a backup quarterback, and that's one of the most important positions in sports. But why not, if you extend Aaron Rodgers, which I think is still a real possibility, even though that's not my prediction, why not trade Jordan Love, get whatever you can back in return, you're going to have to swallow some pride because it's not going to be anywhere near a first-round pick and then sign a guy like Marcus Mariota or Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater or, or someone who's a free agent to come be a veteran backup this year. Yeah, I don't know, Matt. That, that would be really swallowing your pride, wouldn't it? it would. I, don't know if any of these, I don't know if any of these guys are capable of doing that. I mean, they're all... They all get to where they get to because of their egos, right? I mean, you don't strive to be an NFL general manager without an ego. That'd be tough. Um, the fully guaranteed contract could be something, too. They, they've never done that. That's just something that they've never done. But if you're going to break precedent, obviously the quarterback's the way to go to do that. And you're right. Um, they're, they're not going to restructure him from one year. Mm -hmm. if This will be Matt LaFleur and what Murphy said the other day. This is committing to Aaron Rodgers for the long haul. Yeah, be because they don't want to just restructure him for a quick fix for the salary cap this year and then risk losing him for nothing in free agency, basically. Right, so you, you can't do that. Um, boy, the, it was a really good piece by was this full track, whatever it was. That was a good, good way to get there. If you can keep Campbell... Three uh, years, and, 19 and, 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 and Adams, and if, you can, and if you can keep Adams, man, you would think that'd be good enough, wouldn't it? I think so. I mean... If, if you had to, and this was one of our questions um, from my guy, Pat, who Patrick Stumpf, who lives in my building here in Green Bay. He said, if you had to choose one to keep, would you keep Devondre Campbell or Rasul Douglas? And I, either, it's undoubtedly Devondre Campbell. Rasul Douglas had a great season. He's going to get himself yep. a lot of money. But um, you have Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes playing corner. They look like they're the future. You don't have anyone else who looks like they're the future at inside linebacker. Um, Devondre Campbell did it consistently throughout the whole season. And yes, Rasul Douglas did it consistently while he was here. But 
Devondre having a game changing middle linebacker is 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 a game changer. Um, the the adjective speaks speaks for itself. Um, so I would definitely say Devondre Campbell. What about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, look, they've got no one else on the depth chart, right? I mean, Oren Brooks, he was a Boston. He's a free agent. Ty Summers hasn't done anything. You've got no one. Chris Barnes is a pretty decent player, but um, in the cap doesn't bother me, Matt. It did obviously backloading or kicking it down the road from 21 to 22 was a problem because the cap wasn't going to go up with COVID and all that, but supposed to go up sharply for the next season. Right. So you can absorb all, all the, obviously it makes it a harder deal to build your team regardless, but at least there's the cap flexibility coming up next year where if you kick all this money down the road, at least you're going to be okay and you're not going to have to gut the roster. You might not have, you might not be able to add to it, but you'll be okay. Right, and and a couple of the guys that we determined in that story that you are, are probably the most likely to get cut for cap purposes, Billy Turner. He played. He, I thought he played really well this year, but yes, it, there are a couple moves you're gonna have to make where, you know, Goody says, "Yeah, we would love to keep this guy, but it, it's just pinching. You, you got to pinch pennies at some spots given your cap situation." So Billy Turner. Then I think you move Yash to right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um. Mason Crosby, you're going to have to cut, and either Zedarius or Preston. And that's a tough one, and I want to get your thoughts on that. I say cut Zedarius because, listen, there's no argument when both of those guys are at their best, Zedarius is the better player. But the best ability is availability, and Preston Smith is always available, literally, for his entire career. He's missed one game. And Zedarius Smith... I don't, uh, you know, I don't know if the whole locker room situation has been worked out uh, from when he was upset that he wasn't a captain and, and the players didn't vote him one. Maybe that's all worked out, but there's just no guarantee that he's going to be available. You don't know how the back's feeling. Um, Preston Smith has just proven he can be a reliable number two guy. And Rashawn Gary is a bona fide superstar, I think. So having him as the number one instead of Zedarius Smith, I think is fine. Plus... I believe cutting Zedarius frees up about $3 million more in cap space than cutting Preston would. Yeah, back injuries are scary, aren't they, Matt? And yeah. I, I realized Gronk had a back injury coming out of Arizona, and he was just fine. But, yeah, you just never know. And that's a lot of money you can save. And if you're trying to keep the quarterback, Preston's the guy you're going to keep. Rodgers and Preston got to be pretty tight this year. Yep. Rodgers talked about it quite a bit. There was the one game. It was after the Seattle game when Rodgers came back where they walked off arm in arm after the game. There's a real bond with those guys. So that'd be the way I go. I mean, it was news when Preston missed the game. It was like news. I mean, the guy never missed It was missed the first one, game so. he missed in his career. Right. I mean, that was legit news. So, I mean, we, we all thought he was going to play. So, yeah, that's, it seems that seems a pretty simple one to me. And you got those two guys. Hell, maybe, maybe you can get Merciless back on, a, on yep. a cheap deal to be your third slash four guy along with, uh, with Garvin. That'd be all right. I was thinking that too. I was looking at the long list of undrafted or not undrafted, unrestricted free agents they have. I wouldn't, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm thinking on the fly here. I'm going to pull Audible. up their, pull up their entire list of undrafted free agents and we'll quickly go through and say keep or don't keep. This is great podcasting. Radio silence. This is what the people love. I'm just googling it real quick. 
Um, this is when people can, can check their text messages, though. So we're doing, exactly. We're doing people go ahead, a favor check your text. All right, here we go. I have to go back to 2021. Let's go to the punter, Bajorquez. What are you doing? Keep. Yep, keep him too. He had a for the first two thirds of the season, he was really, really good. Keep him. Randall. Well, Randall Cobb's not a free agent. Let, let's touch on that real quick. Let's start there, though. That's a perfect place to start. I think you got to cut him because it's six point eight million free up in cap, and then re-sign him to a more team-friendly deal. I'm not saying he's going to retire, but I don't think he's going to go play anywhere else or sign with any other team other than a team that Aaron Rodgers is on. Um, so maybe yep. Randall Cobb becomes a Bronco if the Packers cut him, but uh, I, I think Randall Cobb would be willing to take a pay cut to stay with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and help the yeah, Packers out with some cap space. Yeah, I do too. Um, these guys never take a the – home, the hometown discount thing is, is uh, more wishful thinking, I think, a lot of times. But I think in this case, I do think it makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Just because the bond is so good there. And Randall Cobb is probably better with Aaron Rodgers than he is with Tua Tago Viola or whoever. All right, here we go. Devontae Adams. Well, I don't know, Matt. It's a tough one. Keep. Yeah, I guess so. Kevin King. Goodbye. See ya. Robert Tunyon. Yeah, yeah keep him. And as much as the injury is a bad thing for this year because they really missed him, it probably makes him cheaper. Was, in this contract, see, maybe you're, maybe, maybe there's a blessing in disguise. Bill, they did not have a, a, a dominant receiving tight end like Tunyon after he tore his ACL in Week 8 against the Cardinals. Josiah DeGuar is not it. Mercedes Lewis, that's not really what he does. Daphne's not it. Tyler Davis isn't no. it. If you can get Tunyon for cheap, and I'm not saying, like you just said, I'm not saying the torn ACL is a good thing because he may not even be ready for the start of the season, but... That might lower the price tag on him and help the Packers out a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You know, in DeGuard, that's just not what he was drafted for. He's he's that fullback slab. He's like 6'1 or 6'2. That's not yeah. Robert Tunyon tight end size. So, yeah, you, you keep him, you know, three years, bunch of incentives, something like that. Shannon Sullivan. I'm keeping him. I know I know he's – I know I. I like him better than you. I like him better than you do. Yep. I'm, um, you I'm just keeping look at the him pro, too. You look at the pro football focus numbers, he's pretty dang good. I'm keeping him too. You need a nickel, especially if Douglas leaves and Stokes and Jair are not playing nickel. Devondre yeah, what Shamar Jean Charles done for yeah, you? Yeah, yep. Devondre no. Campbell. Yeah, keep him if the price is right. Yep. Here's an interesting one. Lucas Patrick. So if you are moving Yash Nyman to right tackle, what are you doing with when Elton Jenkins is healthy, Matt? What's your plan? Because isn't this aren't these related questions maybe? If if you see Jenkins is maybe the right tackle when he's healthy and then Yash becomes your swing guy, then don't you really need Patrick? Yeah, it, that's interesting because if Yash is the right tackle, then you'd think the interior, assuming Bakhtiari's on, at left tackle, um, Elton, Myers, and Newman, you would think is the interior. Uh, I th- Yes, Newman was taken out of the lineup. I still think he's their long-term preference at right guard. Last This past season was just, okay, he's not ready we have a guy we can plug in there in Lucas. But they're hoping Royce makes that year two jump, I'm expecting. And I bet Lucas Patrick can get starters money somewhere else. He's proven he can be a reliable starter. So as valuable as he is here in Green Bay, if I'm him, I would go somewhere else and get a starting job and more money. 
if that's the case. Now, if Jenkins is at right tackle, then I'd imagine it'll be it could still Bunyan. be Runyon, Myers, and and Newman. But then you need Patrick for you know that fourth interior guy. But like I just said, he can probably get starters money somewhere. So I would say they should keep him, but I don't think they will because I think he's going to get more money to start somewhere else. Yeah, I could see that they are so, so tight on money. And maybe that's just, just one you to say, you know what? We'll, we'll figure we got We got Jake Hansen here, Matt. Let's go. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Next, Dennis Kelly. Yeah, again, that what are, what are you doing with, with Jenkins again? If Jenkins is going to stay a guard permanently, then you probably don't need Kelly. If Jenkins you see as your right tackle, yep. um, then Kelly's probably worth keeping. You know, Kelly, he did not play well. As much as people criticize having Turner at left tackle in that Niners game, Turner wasn't the problem. It was Kelly had a bad game. But his other four, almost five games, he was really good. Yeah, I, I think he can be your swing tackle if you want him to be. And he's going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another one on the fence. Whitney Merciless, I say keep him, especially if you cut one of the Smiths. Merciless can can be that third guy, Garvin the fourth guy. And like we saw this year, um, having a good third ed- edge rusher is really important because when Garvin and Tipa got in there, it was not pretty. No, as much as Mike Smith built up Tipa, he, yeah. did, he didn't do anything at all. He was... He was invisible out there. Um, Merciless is pretty good. It was, you know, he did nothing in Houston. Gosh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I want to say his six games in Houston, he had fewer pressures than he did in four games in Green Bay. So Merciless was a was a really key pickup. Yeah, I would I would keep him in those veteran guys, their cap charge is they lessen it for the accounting purposes to kind of keep those guys in the league too. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that bad expense wise. Rasul Douglas, his current APY is $990,000. He might be able to make close to $10 million. <laughs> it's amazing. On his next contract. Maybe a one-year deal for what uh, Michael Giannitti said is, you know, a one-year $7 million deal would make sense for someone. Kind of a prove-yourself deal after the, the breakout season he had. I think that's too expensive for the Packers. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that either. I mean, I don't I don't think he needs to have a prove-it deal. I think there'll be more out there for him. Yeah. So I, th- I think that, that almost might be a wishful thinking contract. And it's nice in theory that he says uh, it'll only take a little more than I made this year to get me back, but I can bet you bottom dollar that his agent was on the phone with him a couple minutes after he said that, <laughs> exactly. saying, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's frowned upon because as much as it sounds nice, the whole NFL salary structure is based on one guy making more than the next, making more than the next. And if you are a good player and you torpedo your own salary just to be kind, it impacts everybody, which is not what the NFL PA wants. Yes. All right, a couple guys who we don't need to dissect them because they will not be back. Oren Burks, I, d- I doubt Equinemius St. Brown is going to be back. Um, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think he's going to be too expensive. Yeah, he didn't do much this year, Matt, with the injuries and stuff. But I know. you can't you can't coach what he's got, and he's a proven. I realize he'll he would be maddening at times, 
and contrarian to us. But man, oh man, you can't teach, you can't coach 6'4 and 4.3 whatever. What about Alan Lazard? He's a restricted free agent. Um, I think you slap a second round tender on him. Mm -hmm. And if another team offers him a long-term extension, what do you do? Do you match it? Or do you take the second round pick? Yeah, I you think take you can second. get. I think you can get away with yes. slapping a second round tender on him because I don't think another team is going to give up a second round pick for Alan Lazard, as valuable as he is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, gosh, how many teams are running the Lafleur, Shanahan, McVay offense now? I don't. I don't know, but it's a lot, right? I mean, Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins is going to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Bears are going to run it. I guess I'm just saying there's going to be a lot of teams that would love to have an Alan Lazar-type player. So you, they're going to have to do that second-round tender because if they do the minimum tender on him, forget about it. He's out of here. Yep. So, yeah, they're, they're, going to have, they're going to have to bite the bullet financially on that one. Yes, sir. All right, let's get to some questions. First one from Carl, at K underscore Weaves underscore. How does a hiring like this... I'm assuming you're talking about Basaccia. Possibly affect Aaron's decision knowing the organization adds a key piece that also contributes to the culture. Yeah, like we talked about, Rodgers was not happy with the special teams. Nobody was, nor should they be. Uh, an internal promotion wouldn't have sent really a message. Will this hire work out? Maybe, maybe not. But it's about sending a message and the optics of it, I think. Um, and so will every. Uh, that's what every move is going to be until Aaron Rodgers makes his decision, which could be in two weeks. But, um, hell, he might have already made his decision. We don't know. He did not respond to a message I sent him the other day. Uh, I think this looks good because it's the hot name on the market. It's a guy who's had success. It shows that you're willing to, I'm assuming, pay a lot of money to fix the most glaring weakness on your team. Um, If Aaron was still... You know, up in the air, I think this might have swayed him a little bit toward coming back. Yep. You know, the, the, he just wants to win, right? Rodgers wants to win. And this shows, presumably, the organization is in lockstep with that, and they realize they have a big problem, and they're willing to do what it takes to get it fixed. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a big move in, in that regard. Next, from Maxwell. When do you expect the first domino to fall in regards to a player contract? Will anyone be extended slash cut within the next few days? Are all roster moves to be expected after the Super Bowl? March 16th, I believe, is deadline day. Coming weeks will be interesting. A lot gets sorted out at the Combine. Mm -hmm. And that's March 1st through 7th. Um, Some moves might be made after the Super Bowl. I forget exactly what it was last year. But they have to get under the cap by March 16th, start of the new league year. Listen, Aaron Rodgers said that on on McAfee the other week. He said uh, he would have his mind made up by around February 22nd out of respect for Devontae because that's when the the, uh, window to franchise tag someone opens. So we're going to get some decisions here well before March 16th. Um, Probably Rodgers' decision. Well, definitely Rodgers' decision. Uh, We'll find out if the Packers are going to tag Devontae Adams. Um, but those those cuts for cap purposes can can come at any time before March 16th. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any great rush to do it. I mean, if you can 
float at the combine, like you mentioned, that, hey, what do you think about Zadarius Smith? You know, and Adrian Amos, and you, you named a veteran, and you try to try to get something before I dump him for nothing. So I, I would think that no big moves other than Rodgers, like cutting players, I don't think anyone's going to get cut until almost deadline time, I wouldn't think, because I'll try to, you know, fetch a pack of Gatorade or something for mm-hmm. those guys before they dump them. Next, from Kyle Burling. Good question here. Do you think Adams would actually play on the franchise tag? I have to imagine his agent will strongly advise against it, whatever that's worth. Devontae Adams said last year, when he was asked if he would show up to training camp without a new contract, that he'll never cost himself money that he's already earned. Mm-hmm. Um, that $20.12 million franchise tag becomes fully guaranteed right when he signs it. I would have a hard time believing that he wouldn't play. He would not be happy about it. I think it'll ease the pain of playing on it. Pain, that's, uh, you know, I'm exaggerating there, but ease the feeling of playing on it if Rodgers is back. If Rodgers is not, it'll be a lot tougher, but I don't see Devontae Adams passing up um, money like that and, and just costing himself even more than by continuing to, to hold out and, and risking fines. Right. Um, he's not going to be here for OTAs. Right. Right, and mandatory minicamp, maybe not. But and I, I am not the, the authority on the CBA, but... If you hold out, don't you automatically lose a season? As far as like pension and stuff goes, I believe there's so. something like that that you, you that really you just can't you just can't hold out. So I would think he would show up. Remember the first day of training camp is I think he'll I think he'd see seventeen, but he'll no one's no one's leaving twenty million dollars on the table. Yep. Good one from Castle four one here. You've said Packers should draft a wide receiver early this year, but Rogers, assuming he's back, doesn't want to train one up. Would we be better trying to sign a cheaper vet or two on a one-year prove-it deal that can also play special teams? If MVS and EQ are both gone, I still think you need um, a rookie wide receiver in the draft, first or second round. That That's just my opinion. Jamison Williams might fall a little bit because of his ACL injury, kid from Alabama. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Dot, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Those are the three guys that our, our draft guru, Dane Brugler, has going late in the first round. Packers have the 28th pick. you got to at least try and replace that deep threat if you lose MVS. And I understand that Rodgers won't want to spend these, these final years of his Packers career coaching someone up, but you got to get another receiver. You can't just go into next season with Adams, Lazard, and Cobb if that is the three. Right. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that Rodgers wouldn't have mind have coached up, wouldn't have minded coaching up Justin Jefferson. Right. <laughs> if you if you give him some talent and not some fourth round putts, you know, if you give the guy some talent, he'll be he'll be all about getting him ready. And here are he had, he, he had no problem he had no problem getting Adams ready. Right. At Fourteen. Here are some of the wide receivers who uh, are free agents when when you talk about looking at a, a veteran who. They could sign to approve a, a deal or two. Um, Allen Robinson, he'll be too expensive. Chris Godwin, too expensive. Will Fuller, way too injured, and they already kicked the tires on him. Jamison Crowder's the slot guy. T.Y. Hilton, he's he's way up there in age. Juju Smith-Schuster, too expensive. Emmanuel Sanders, he picked. Uh, he he picked New Orleans, was it? Over the Packers mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. Yep. A.J. Green, he's up there. 
Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, way too expensive. Not Matt, interested. Matthew Slater is a free agent. He might retire, though. Um, Deshaun Jackson, he's like 48 years old. Odell Beckham Jr. That's funny. Um, yeah, I think you got to draft one. That is not a good group. Nope. That is a terrible group. Yeah, there's there's no one, no one of interest in that group you just read off. So yeah, you you got you got to draft one. You hope Amari Rogers learns something, and go from there. From at Nursex seventy eight, what kind of return in a trade would you expect for Rogers and Adams, either individually or in a package deal? I think it's minimum three first round picks for Rogers, minimum minimum first round pick for Adams, um, in a package. I was informed that you can only trade picks three drafts out, which I did not know. That was my mistake. Um, three firsts, three seconds, and maybe a player if you're shipping both of them to the Broncos. That would be my that would be my asking price if I'm Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, I mean we're I'm not just talking it. about I'm going any- through it now. We're yeah, not talking about Joe and Jimmy. We're talking about the best wide receiver and the best quarterback the past two seasons in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And if if you're that team, you don't care about the draft picks, right? No. You don't need those draft picks. You're get you're you're if you're getting Rodgers and Adams, you're playing to win a Super Bowl right now. So I don't I don't think that's out of line. Um may, if you're that if you're the acquiring team, you might be hesitant to give up a player because you need the player to go get a Super Bowl and let you know. You know, if it's Denver, it's three firsts, Drew Locke, or in a couple seconds. I mean, Denver, they've got they've got an extra second and a third for Von Miller. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I would I would say you're pretty well in line, Matt. From Tom, Mister Tom B eighty seven, do you think there is any chance of an additional home game being used to set up a game in London? I think the Packers are going to go abroad this year. Thank God. It'll either be in London or Germany. I don't know which one I want more. I've already been to London to cover a game. That was an awesome experience. I would like to go to London, but I wouldn't mind Germany at all. Germany would be fun. Yeah, it would. That would be awesome. Especially if they go during Oktoberfest. (laughs) That's where I was going with on that. Yeah. They've they've got to at some point. They are they're the only team, right, Matt? Yep, only team. The only team has been gone. That's just that can't go on forever. Now that there's nine home games and the Packers aren't really giving up one per se. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of. I would I would I would be shocked if it's not this year. From Chris Martiska, what should the Packers do for position in round one, two, and three of the draft? Three most important positions in the draft, in my mind. Obviously, this is based on who they keep in free agency or not. Um, I say wide receiver, offensive tackle, and tight end. Those yeah, are my top um, three. Yeah, I, I would throw defensive line in there. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been Kenny Clark and some other guys for way too long. So I would go playmaker, whether it's receiver or tight end, whatever it is, I'm going to lump it in the one group. Okay. Playmaker, defensive line, And offensive tackle. I like that. I'll change my answer to that. (laughs) All right. Last question from Brett B. Who you got in the Super Bowl? The Team Green Bay beat in OT or the Team Green Bay beat by eight points? That's funny. (laughs) Um, I am betting the Bengals plus four. 
So I'm taking the Bengals. I can't I can't hop off the Joe Burrow train. I'm fully on. Yeah, the Rams are just better like every almost everywhere the Rams are better, yep. right? But I would never bet on Matthew Stafford. I mean, if if just if Jaquiski Tart intercepts the easiest pass he'll ever get thrown his way, they're not playing this weekend. I'll yeah, take Burrow. True. I'll take the Burrow and the Bengals. Man, they that's that is that is quite the offense those guys got. That's true. Chase, Chase, and Higgins and Mixon. Man, that's a uh, Boyd is Tyler Boyd. I think think he's still there. If the tight end is healthy, whoo! The old the old line stinks, but man, oh man! Good thing they're not going. Guard. In, good thing they're not going against any good defensive linemen, right? <laughs> man, Aaron Donald's got to be drooling. Oh my Big god! Old drool cup. Yep. All right. Hey, we're gonna have an episode for you guys probably once every two weeks. Next one will come right before the combine. I'll be heading out to Indy uh, for the combine on February twenty eighth. And in the next two weeks, we might have it. You know, our next podcast will probably be talking about Aaron Rodgers' decision because it yeah. could probably be coming in two weeks. So until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for your questions. We'll talk to you next time.